We are not affiliated with, nor do we represent Alcoholics Anonymous. We are simply here sharing our experiences, strength, and hope so that hopefully we can help someone through another day. I'm Bree. I'm Lynn. And I'm Vicki. And, and we, we are Telling, telling on ourselves. ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling, telling. Telling on ourselves, telling on ourselves, telling on ourselves, telling, 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 telling on ourselves. That was a good one. That was a good one. I have to say that when you do it, you are so awesome. I have to videotape you because you go like, you're doing this head thing that is so awesome. By the way, in case you don't know who she's talking about, it's me. It's Lynn. Lynn. She's like, because she was right across from me. And I follow her. It's kind of funny because I kind of get the whole, you know, you riff off of each other. So I can kind of anticipate what they're going to do. So I'm all excited about it and bouncing around. Lynn just letting it out. Yeah. Let it out. The creativity juices are flowing. They are. Welcome, everybody. Yes, we are um, recording again. This is the third time this week. Yeah. Because we're, we're saying goodbye to Lynn. She's going to a beautiful land of Alaska. The land of Alaska. She's going to go ride meese. Mooses? Moose. Moose. Meese. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go ride some mooses. Some moose. <laughs> Like mice, Get you know, up. in Alaska. <laughs> Lynn told us that in Alaska they eat moose. They roadkill. They eat it. Yeah, like the roadkill moose. Yeah, there's a roadkill list, so um, it's like a big deal if you're a resident to get on the roadkill list. But you have to get there like within an hour. Um, but yeah. roadkill waits for so, no one. So everybody needs a vehicle that they can put roadkill in. Well, you break it down on the side of the road. Ew. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then you put the pieces and parts in. You, you all don't want to know. Me. You don't want to know all the details. Because <laughs> you can't put a 2,000-pound moose in the back of a pickup truck usually, by, especially by yourself. Gosh, I forget how big they are. Yeah. They're, they're, they're big. They're gargantuan. And they're tall. Um, yeah, so I'm leaving next week. I'm only going for a week. It's only a week, but I'm so excited. I can't wait to see I'm all so my happy people. For you. Yeah. That is super exciting. So we're yep. gonna holla to your holla. sponsor. What's her name? Lorraine. Lorraine. Yeah. Holla, Lorraine. Holla. Um, so yes, uh, we are going to talk today about setbacks and how we overcome them. But first, we've got a first thought wrong. First thought wrong. Dang, dang, dang. And I'm gonna do it. I've got the first thought wrong this week. Yay! So. In my job, I get to do lots of cool things besides just cook food. And one of my, the funnest things that I do is um, cooking classes. And I do two different types. I do a one-hour demonstration, and then I do a two-hour hands-on. And the two-hour hands-on is a limit of 12 people because there's a whole lot of moving parts, and I'm trying to keep up with them. And they essentially do everything. They... Um, they read the recipes, I split them up into teams, they separate out the prep, and then they cook it, and then we do like usually three recipes in a two-hour time period. And the last, usually, so I've been doing these for a little bit over a year, and when it first started, it was a bunch of sweet ladies, because, you know, these are senior citizens, so they still have their, like, roles pretty pretty well-defined, like the women do certain things and the men do certain things, especially in activities. So it was pretty much always women that came to the cooking classes until a couple of months ago, and some men started trickling in, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I love it. Well, unfortunately for me, um, <laughs> two of the men that started coming that were regulars, um, I had um, an experience with them at one class where one was kind of the every time you said anything, he had been there, done that, and knew a better way. Um, is a nice way to put it. And then the other gentleman looked like he had been 
basically forced and dragged to the class. He sat there with his arms crossed, like body language screaming, I'd rather be anywhere else. And he didn't participate. He didn't engage. And even I felt like I was getting eye rolls. I'm not sure if I was or not. So those were the two experiences that I had with these two men. So when I did the class on Monday, I pulled the sheet that had the the list of people coming, and those both of those men were on the class. I'm like, oh, no, because what happens... <laughs> Is that I have 12 people in the class, and those two people end up taking all my energy. And I'm not, I'm not really engaging with the other people because I'm so worried about Mr. Man not enjoying himself. Then I'm worried about the other man. Whoops. I'm worried about the other man um, one-upping me or, or calling me out or telling me that something's wrong and that I might actually be wrong. So all that stuff is whirling around in my head while I'm trying to teach a class. So what ended up happening was they both were there to learn, there to have a good time, and they were very engaging. So I learned a lesson to not prejudge or or to judge on past experiences and give people credit that they also can learn from things and, and maybe approach it differently. I don't know what, what happened, why their approach was different. Maybe they had to kind of put me through the test and see how I did with them. I don't know. I mean, it's not for me to know. All I know is that I had a preset idea of how they were going to be, and they completely proved me wrong. Well, and I think you made it fun for them. I think they like you, Lynn. <laughs> Maybe. No, I think so. <laughs> well, and you were saying about putting you through the test to kind of see how you would handle their temperament and yeah. how you would react. And I mean, yeah. Well, and you probably made it less painful, but it makes me think like you never know what happened before the event. Mm-hmm. You know, we always think that it's because of when someone is not participating the way we think that. They, they should. should, or that we would, or whatnot. And then we take on their experience. Yeah, and they yeah. could be just having a bad day because they are constipated. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I'm a or they got citizens. off the phone. That's life changing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> They're having a bad day. Just take, take a, a shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> It'll it'll wreck their week, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I hear about it. But you know what? I hadn't even thought of it that way, Vicky. I hadn't. I really thought they were just testing me. No, don't take anything personally. One of the four I agreements. Know I know that. Yeah. I yep. know that. Yeah. But it's so hard when you're up there giving mm-hmm. your whole self to this yeah. and you're putting your energy in and, and it's something you care about. Yeah. Um, you take it so personally. Oh, yeah. And it's really, really sometimes, most it's, of the time, 95% of the time, if I had to guess mm-hmm. a number, it's not about us. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the end of the class, um, they're, they're always, I mean, I just can't tell you how much I get from doing these classes. I, I love it because they learn new things. They try new things. And at the end of the class, one of the gentlemen came up and he told me how much he enjoyed it. He said, Can I come? Like, can I, if I put gray hair on, I can, can come to the class? Yeah, you, you can be my assistant. Oh, goody. You can be my Vanna. Yay. Because <laughs> oh, nice. I, I, I would love it. All, all truth being told, because this is telling on ourselves, uh-huh. I am not much of a cook. But the good meals that I've made, I'm Lynn very much helps me. She'll I'll like text her with what I have in the fridge and she'll be like, Okay, do this on this, put it in this pan, and then I'll call her and I'll be like, Okay, I did this, but what am I supposed to do with the vegetables? How much butter or how much oil or how much this? Yeah. And she always 
answers my call and helps me. And then when I'm done with the product, because I can usually make it look pretty oh, on yeah. the plate. You're like, good. I do. I, because I was in hospitality yeah. industry for so long, I know how to make it look good. Um, I just don't know how to make it taste, taste good. <laughs> <laughs> that two-part component to a successful dish. <laughs> so Lynn has helped me, and my kids have actually liked a couple of the meals. That is awesome. Awesome. I know. I like that. Yeah. And I love playing the mystery basket game. I yeah. really do. I actually, it's funny. It's um, like chopped. <laughs> it kind of is. So I went, if I can tell a story real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to visit friends last year. It was in January. I went to Kentucky to visit friends that I did get to see over Christmas holidays. And two of my friends uh, live outside of the city. Like they really live on a farm out in the middle of nowhere. And they hadn't been to the grocery. One of them had been sick. And I told them I would make lunch. So I had to go through their pantry, y'all, and, and make a lunch. So somehow I made... Um, beans, black beans that were like seasoned, kind of Southwest, uh, cheese, quesadillas, and some kind of salad. And they were all like, I can't believe you found that stuff in our cabinets. And I'm like, it was like one of the biggest challenges I've ever had. And it was like, this is the best lunch ever. And I'm like, well, I, and I really, I still to this day, I don't know how I did it. I just pulled it out. That is but. a good lunch though. <laughs> I would take some bean cheese quesadillas. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Aw. So mystery basket is fun. Mystery basket. We always have a mystery basket here because um, m- one of my uh, ex-boyfriends, <laughs> um, I have a feeling this this is going to be centered around my love life because we're talking about setbacks, but one of my ex-boyfriends um, <laughs> used to say that, you know, I grew up in a family that we didn't have a whole ton of money, and um, he, he could tell whenever he looked in my... In my uh, uh-huh. What's it called? Cabinets? Uh-huh. Because I have so many cans of beans or so yep. many cans of this. Like, so, like, it's you when you're coming from a scarcity and when you do get to a point where you have some money, you glom yeah. on to stuff. Oh, yeah. You, well, it's not really hoarding. It's like you're just um, preparing. You're, you're preparing. Prepare. And then look what happened. Oh, my preparing goodness. For the apocalypse. Fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> Mother, father. <laughs> Thank God for the beans. Do those make you constipated or not make oh, you no, constipated? They're good. Fiber. They're good. Okay, yeah, they're that's good fiber, thought. and then they they stir up a lot of bacteria in your gut, good and bad. So that's okay. why that's why we sometimes can be a little gassy. Yes, because it gets a little of that bacteria going. Well, so, so let's talk about setbacks. Let's talk about it. Our topic today: setbacks and how we overcome them. And and Lynn is going to uh, bless us with her beauteous definition telling. Because I'm a good definition teller. She's a good reader. I am. <laughs> um, so I've got two. One is from just Google. It is a problem that delays or stops progress or makes a situation worse. I just found that one. Ooh. Uh, which we don't like at all. And then... Um, the other one, is it from Meridian Webster? It's from the Meridian Webster. <laughs> Lynn's well, got a me. microphone mustache. <laughs> <laughs> she's taking pictures, and I'm getting all self-conscious while she's doing it, and I guess I wasn't as prepared as I thought I was. Oh, snap. Um, Setbacks. It slows progress of or hinders or delays. A podcast from yeah. going, from yeah. moving forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, kind of like when I was trying to find the big book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought I was all prepared, and I had everything marked, and then lo and behold... Technology got in the way. So, yes, we are talking about setback as an event that makes you lose progress or keeps you from gaining ground. Or so you think at the time. Right. Good point. Setbacks 
are just setups for comebacks. Oh. Bam. That's good. Do you have yeah. an example of one? Well, I thought it was a setback when I lost my license and I got a DUI. I thought it was a setback for my life, even though my life wasn't going anywhere anyways. So <laughs> that was the beauty in realizing, you know, months and years down the road that it wasn't actually a setback. It felt like a setback in the moment because I was losing my license, subsequently losing my job, subsequently losing my living situation. That was a whole lot from, of losing. Yeah, going from what I thought was independent to being completely dependent. And so I was like, wow, this is, I, I'm failing at life right now. This is not where I saw my life going. But guess what? I didn't really see my life going anywhere anyways because I couldn't get sober and I couldn't figure out how to have enough self-worth to move forward with my life and to achieve things. And mm-hmm. and then you found the program. And then I found the police officer <laughs> arrested me. And you broke and out handcuffs. And gave me handcuffs. Yeah. Handcuffed to that bench in the... That's my favorite yeah. story well, where you literally couldn't leave. I couldn't leave. I couldn't go anywhere. And that was my moment of clarity. And even though I didn't stop drinking at that time, that's not when I stopped drinking, but that was my moment where I like felt the insanity because I was paused long enough, couldn't go anywhere, where that calmness and that inability, that... that Peace. Surrender. Yeah, felt really, really good. And I realized just how insane everything had been because I was actually able to sit down and relax and not, I couldn't think about going to get more high or more drunk because I was literally just couldn't go anywhere. You were stuck. But anyways, my point being, setback in my mind was devastated and so embarrassed and thought it was ruining my life when really it was, was a, a setup for a huge comeback. And now I feel like I'm back in the game of life, you know, I yeah. I feel so With much better. Force. So overcoming setbacks is just walking through it, having hope and faith that on the other side, something might come out of it. And I don't even think at that point I was thinking something good would ever come out of it. I really wasn't. I just wanted the pain to stop and I want to stop being a loser. But it worked. Yeah. And then I, uh, yeah. 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 It worked. Yeah. So that's how I over, I overcome it just by going through it. Going through it. And that's what you got to do. It's like with any problem. You can avoid it as long as you want it. It doesn't go away until you go through it, until you recognize it. It's going to stay there very patiently and wait for you. Um, I had several setbacks when I was on my journey to becoming sober. I uh, had a big event, lost my job. Event being, I came to work while after drinking. So they really frown upon that for some reason. I wonder why. <laughs> I have no idea. What? Especially when you're dealing with knives. <laughs> knives, and, fire, yeah. <laughs> steam. Yeah. Um, so I lost my job. You know, I uh, had the total breakdown. What I thought was the uh, humbling that would be enough to make me start the journey on becoming sober. But I was not ready to let go. I still had self-will. I still thought that I could beat it. And that was my exact words. I can beat this. I'm bigger than this. I'm better than this. I'm smarter than this. I can beat this. So I, um, but I would keep trying. Um, I'm not even really sure why because I, well, I do know why. I would very quickly cycle into the couldn't go through an evening without having a couple bottles of wine, wake up the next morning feeling like shit and think, I can't, this is not how I want my life to be. This is not how my life has to be, but I didn't know how to make it better. So I would go to a meeting and I would listen and I would try and that I was just not feeling connected 
and I was not reaching out to anyone. I was very silent in the meetings. Isolation. Complete bad, isolation bad. at meetings. I would just sit there, and, and I had all this resentment that no one was approaching me and no one was reaching out to me. It was my job, and I, and well, I, and I couldn't let go of that. You know, yeah. It's like, well, nobody's trying to help me. And it wasn't until I um, decided to disrupt everything and moved to Alaska. And even then, I relapsed while in Alaska um, and almost lost my job again. And that's when I realized that I was losing everything that meant anything to me, and I didn't have another way. And luckily for me, I had an amazing group and an amazing woman that she did reach out. She called me out on my shit, and she said, we're, we're going to be here. And I was reading something the other day about... Um, that saying of, we'll love you until you can love yourself, and I finally understood it. So all of those setbacks were what propelled me to, to my comeback. And, you know, when that day, the last day that I drank, the next day that I was finally sober for, and I have been since then, that was the beginning of this life that I never could have imagined having, ever. I know. It's beyond your wildest dreams. Uh-huh. It's beyond anything you could ever imagine. And I think that... Um, And thinking about relapse and thinking about how, you know, I'm watching my, one of my siblings um, struggle. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. Like, it's not my, it's not my decision. But, um, but I, one thing that I did say was, you always have a place here. Like, when you leave, it doesn't matter if you relapsed for a day or a year or 15 years. It doesn't matter. if it, The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking, and you are loved still by so many. I mean, every picnic I go to and every event I go to, how's your sister? How's your sister? And yeah. though that is difficult for me to wrap my head around and I and I feel sad uh, for her I know that she has her own higher power and and I, all I can be is an example of um, what what this program can do and and the other piece of it about relapse is you don't lose what you learned you don't lose what you learned you might lose your date but really it's one day at a time and I feel like so many people get so fixated on my anniversary date and I don't want to, you know, when they relapse, they're like, oh, I have to start again. You don't, you're not starting again. You can, you can do something different and try something new, but, I mean, you were there so many times and you learned so much stuff and that's what was able to keep you, bring you back. And yeah. you knew that it was a good thing. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, you realize when you relapse, you're like, okay, I still hate it. You know, like you're, you wake right. up the next day and it's just that yeah. you need that sometimes just be like, yeah, it's not going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you need it over and over again, maybe in the beginning. I don't know. Yeah. I needed a, a lot of hitting over the head apparently, <laughs> but it, you know, I think when I finally surrendered, it wouldn't have been nearly as momentous if I hadn't done all of those things before, if I hadn't tried for so long to fix it myself, I would never have truly understood about self-will. I wouldn't have understood about how we're not really running this show. We're participants, you know, and if, if we let go, let go and let God. If you let go and just let it happen, good things really do happen. And I don't know, because this is my journey and I don't know anything else, maybe I wouldn't have appreciated it as much. Maybe I wouldn't be in this this pretty constant state of serenity now it's it's a beautiful thing it is a beautiful thing and you know i mean i think 
I did a 10-year stretch. I went back. I, I came in for like two months for the first time, and then I did a 10-year stretch back out there. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> there is no way I'm like this, you know? And um, and I heard some things, but, you know, it's it's it was not slowing me down. Like, I wasn't having... I didn't see it as a setback mm-hmm. going back out there until it became a yeah. setback right. in my actual life, which was ugly. Yeah. And um, when I think about setbacks in recovery, I think about... The first thing I think about is getting divorced in recovery mm-hmm. and how that would have looked when I was drinking and how it actually ended up looking when I was in recovery were two totally different worlds and I have a wonderful relationship with my ex and um, I'm super grateful for that and that's only because of recovery. Right. The Vicky pre-recovery would have been like, get the F out and bip it, you know, but because of recovery and it taught me to take responsibility for myself and to not be mean, really, mm-hmm. not be an ass, um, we were able to have a very amicable divorce. We went to steak and bake <laughs> the night we decided we were going to do it with the kids. I mean, just totally weird. Weird, 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 but I'm, gr- I'm grateful that we have a good relationship to this day. He's a good father. I'm a good mother. And, mm-hmm. and, and that was something that that setback could have been, that could have made me relapse. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. But I walked through it. With, yeah. with the other part of setbacks that I think is a really important thing is the we. Mm-hmm. Because what really helps me through setbacks and recovery is loving people loving me until I can love myself. Yep. Right? And letting them in enough to let them know that I'm not mm-hmm. in a good place. Mm-hmm. Right? And that is what lifts me up to back to back to center is the we of the program. Absolutely. You know, I still struggle with the letting people in because of my entire life conditioning myself to always seem like I'm okay whether I am or not. And that that's a that's one thing that has kind of been um, eating, not eating away at me, but it's it's been that little thing that's constantly chirping of you've got to be better about letting people know when you need help. You know, don't expect them to be able to just intuit <laughs> what I need because that's not fair. That's not fair to anybody. It's certainly not fair to me. So that's a, something I really have been working on. And Vicki, you've been such an amazing example of that these last few months because you have had a couple of big uh, life turmoil things happen that you're a couple of setbacks a couple of two three (laughs) yeah two three maybe but you're dealing with it so gracefully and humbly and you are asking for help you're you're not only um taking the we you're appreciating the we and you're making it making it work and it's hard it's i go back and forth because i'm a lot like you lynn a lot 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 and um needing other people is not easy for me Mm Um, and I'm the helper. I'm not the helpy. So I'm learning how to be an excellent receiver. Yeah. And it sucks. And, and, you know, I said to my friend the other day, I'm like, I am tired of being a charity case. <laughs> I am tired of being the one that always has a problem. And today I went to the meeting and I was grouchy and I didn't know why. And I'm, I mean, I've been in a funk for like over a week, I would say. And where I just have not felt like I fit in with myself even, yeah. you know, I'm just, 
I'm just so lost. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm still doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I went to the meeting and I said, okay, well, I don't feel good. And, you know, sometimes I feel bad because when we're at these meetings, there's a lot of newcomers. And I don't ever want to give the impression that life is so sucky when you're sober. Mm -hmm. But I also want to give them the truth that life, it can be sucky when you're sober, but you can still stay sober. So, you know, there I go again, overthinking. But um, the bottom line is... Sometimes you just have to be where you are. And right now, and I can, I have people that I can tell, like, I am not in a good place. I'm, do I think I'm going to drink? No. I hope not. Mm-hmm. But what can I, what, if I'm not in a good place, what can I do to make sure I don't drink? Right? And that's lean in to lean you guys. In. Yeah. I agree. It, while you were talking, I was just thinking about maybe the purpose of this too. <laughs> This is so funny. I don't even know why I thought of that. Maybe part of this was that you needed to be there to let people help you because some people needed to help someone. Well, and and that's what my friend Donna keeps reminding me. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, you know, it reminds me of when I was early, early sober mm-hmm. and and my sponsor would be like, Vicky, if you don't let people give you a ride, you're taking away their chance to help people. And they need to help people. That keeps them sober, too. And I think I said that to you yeah. when you were first newly Feeling sober. Feeling bad about people driving me places. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Now Bree's doing the gargoyle. I love it. <laughs> it's not just me. Oh, yeah, you all get to see She's my cellulite, too. <laughs> oh, all that, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, but really what I'm thinking is... Okay, there's setbacks, or you feel like there's setbacks now, but maybe God just got rid of the distractions, right? Yeah, right. Like, oh, it for gets, sure. The hard part, too, is you're so focused on your expectation or your desire of what you want or how you think some something should go, right? And then it doesn't go that way, so yes, it feels like a setback, mm-hmm. but then later on, was it really a setback or was it a resetting? Like... You got off yes. track, so now it's like you, God pressed reset, and now you're back on path. Yeah. Well, like, isn't that what recovery is all about? Uh-huh. Right. Like, isn't that what it's recovery is? Learning so then, are there ever any setbacks? That like, okay, is this our setbacks aren't real? <laughs> <laughs> They're just resetting you to where you were supposed to be. So that's the golden nugget for me today is setbacks aren't real. You just got to give it some time and then you'll see the ultimate plan and how it was just meant to be that way. And it was clearing out distractions. Yeah. Spirit blew that shit up. A a gift slap up the back of your head. Yep. Yeah. You on the wrong path, Vicky. Gift slap, gift slap. (laughs) One of the bigger setbacks that I've had in recent time, um, when I first moved here from Alaska, my plan was to stay here until March, and then I was going back, going back to the same place. Um, so I was here to hang out with my friend, get to know her little girl, not really worrying about making a lot of connections because this was temporary. And I, I really don't know what I thought I was going to gain by doing that, but that was what I had in my mind that I was going to do. Um, I kept my sponsor that was in Alaska. We had a really tough time connecting because of the time difference. And uh, What is the time difference? Huh? Three hours behind okay. us. Um, and it's that thing. It's that cycle of when I get up, it's still 5 a.m. Then when she's up and kind of moving, I'm at work. And then in the evenings, by yeah. the time she gets home, I'm already in bed. So it's really yeah. hard unless you have 
time during the day to catch up. It is hard to catch up. So um, when I was, the place where I worked, the gentleman that owned the lodge, he and I clashed. Um, He was a very nice man, a very giving and a very kind man, but he had a problem with strong women. And he's the first to admit that. And he and I really did clash. But I felt like we had made peace by the end of the season. There was a couple of things that he didn't like the way I did things because it was the way I wanted to do them. And I said, the basically what matters is that you're the owner, and if you want me to do something a certain way, I will. So I felt like we'd worked everything out. So I'd been home about six weeks. It was in November, and um, the manager of the lodge called me, and she said, this is not going to work. On um, The owner's already fixated on um, all the things that aren't workable for him and she said it's gonna it she said you've only been gone a month she said this is just not gonna work I'm sorry but you can't come back and I was devastated completely devastated because I loved it I love the job I love the people I love the place and I, I I remember just sitting she called me I'd been at lunch with friends I was sitting in the park at parking lot of Red Robin and Hoffman Estates just crying completely devastated so I called my sponsor did first thing I did and we talked and she said well you can get a job here I can get you a job someplace else but what I realized was I didn't want a job anywhere else I wanted to be there so I learned a couple of lessons like immediately what was I trying to repeat what was I trying to recreate what was I trying to reinvent and what did I really think I was going to get from going back there again and I let go of it and I said okay Uh, obviously I don't need to go back there. That's not the plan. I need to stay here. And look what happened because I stayed here. I I found my tribe. I found a couple of amazing women that have sponsored me. Um, I've learned so much. I've done so much. I've had so many opportunities. So talk about a setback becoming a comeback. Right. And all that you get to learn in there too. But it was, I mean, it was, it was so painful. It hurt so much. It hurt my pride. Oh, it hurt bet. my ego. It hurt everything. Yeah. And, it's like and a kick in the stomach. Because you're losing something, right? Well, and the thing that, what I was resentful for that took me a good, almost a year to get past, he took away me being able to say goodbye. Mm. And that was really, really hard. Because I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get that. That was taken away. So, but I I healed. I got past you did it, heal. and I saw the gift that was given to me by that happening. Hey, Lynn, are you going to go visit him while you're in Alaska? Absolutely. Give yeah, him a I'm big hug. Him. I am. Yeah, good. I, I want. I, you know, I, I know that I know him because we had long talks, and and again, he is such a good man. He has his own stuff, and whatever for whatever reason, I was a trigger, and there's nothing I could have done differently that would have changed that. Yeah, don't right. take things personal. No, he was a he's he is a very good man, and he does lots of really good things. So I absolutely am gonna see him. Well, that's good. It's good that it's one of those situations where you're not afraid to show your face again. <laughs> True. I got a couple of those. <laughs> you can go back and give him a hug. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. An, do you have an amends to make with him? Is he on your resentment list? Um. Yeah, I will. I'll explain everything. Yeah. And I had, had intended to do that because, and like I said, I've gotten past it, but whoo, it was hard too. Well, you know, I mean, he was a trigger for you. He was a mm-hmm. teacher and that it got, all goes back to like those most difficult people in our lives are our biggest teachers. Yeah. And at least he didn't speak his truth to you, but at least he was able to kind of fix the situation yeah, for himself. Right. Right. And it was ugly for you, mm-hmm. but I mean, I also think we need to learn how to get through rejection, right? I mean, that's one of my biggest 
triggers is rejection. And we need to learn how to be rejected and how to get through it, right? And how to still love ourselves through it. Right. And that's what you did. You healed that. And, you know, I've never really... I really try to avoid rejection at all costs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like most of us. <laughs> so, therefore, I do not get close. No, I, I've... That is what this whole, my journey has Mm -hmm. been in the last couple years has been letting a tribe into my life. Because if this happened two years ago, the only people I had in my life were a couple of people in AA, my sister and Pam, and both of those people had their own stuff to take care of, you know? And um, I would have been lost right now had I not had you guys in my life. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have not dealt with very much rejection in my life. I, and I have been kind of, I've been blessed because I've had pretty much anything I've ever wanted and I've worked for, I've gotten it. And that goes for relationships, that goes for jobs, that goes for everything. So you I, just see them, you pick them, you go, oh, mine. Mm-hmm. Cool. I did, well, no, because it was always the sick ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. But I remember telling... You're sick enough to love me. I'm going to get you. That's right. I remember telling somebody one time, this is like in my 20s, and I think about it all the time, and I'm like, why wouldn't they want to talk to me? I'm awesome. It's true, though. It's true. Well, so did you believe it really back then? Oh, yeah, I did. Now, do you believe it now still? I do, but I did And didn't. when you were, like, was there a segment of life where you didn't? Yeah, absolutely, okay. for about 15 years. Okay. Yeah. Well, giddy up, girl. Yeah, that's all right. That's what I have to say. Why would you want to talk Back on the I'm Awesome horse. Yeah. Is that the Lone Ranger? Yes. Okay, yes. We worked it out. Jimmy boy, we got it. That is so funny. Well, how about Golden Nuggets? I have a couple. Okie dokie. May I go first? Yes. She's Uh, got a whole basket of nuggets. (laughs) She's got some barbecue sauce for the nuggets. Um, It was at the very beginning when Bree said setbacks are setups for for comebacks. Yeah, that's... And oh my God, that is so amazing. And then Vicki, when you were talking about the beauty of setbacks is it teaches us the we. And and without the we, without my we that I have now, I wouldn't have... Oh my God, I can't even imagine my life without this. And uh, what a blessing, what a gift, and here I am. Right. My golden nugget was a combination of what both of you had said. The most difficult people and situations are our biggest teachers. And I've heard mm-hmm. that before, but sometimes you just need to hear things over and over yeah. and over again before it's really like, oh, there's my neon sign. Like, I'm yeah. finally seeing the sign on. And then, Lynn, just what you were talking about with the lessons that we learn from setbacks mm-hmm. and you know, growth opportunities, I guess, in setbacks. So. Yeah, those FGOs. And <laughs> we didn't talk about FGOs. We didn't talk about the FGOs. FGOs, a, another friggin', well, fucking growth, growth opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. AFGO. Mm-hmm. Hate them, but love them. But love them. But not till later. Yeah. But we need them. <laughs> we so. need them. I'm tired of them. <laughs> I'm t- I mean, I'm tired of them, too. But I honestly didn't grow at all while I was out there yeah, using. Exactly. And now yeah. I now I grow and I have pain, but I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. It's weird. No, it it's is so weird. It, it's I'm like proud of myself for having challenges and like making it through another day. Right. And right. so I'm I hate the setbacks, but I love them. Yep. Anyways, as long as I can cry through them, I'll be okay. Yeah. Always. <laughs> <laughs> I think my um mine was the setbacks being comebacks, but also the that 
the whole point of recovery, you know, is getting through those setbacks with each other is, is really, you know, I didn't look at it like that until today. So thank you, girls. Setbacks aren't real. They are not <laughs> real. <laughs> Nothing is real. And I, I was reading. Optimism <laughs> isn't real. <laughs> this, I Negativity. Really Negativity. Negativity, Negativity isn't, isn't real. real. I read this meme the other day and it said, um, if you stop thinking that the purpose of life is to be happy, but rather to grow and to experience things, then happiness becomes a byproduct. And that really, really spoke to me. And I, I believe think I that. liked it on Instagram. Yeah, it was it was so awesome. Yeah. So that's I like that's that too. I do too. That's our that's our purpose here. Growth. Purpose. And love. What are purposes? And peace, love, and happiness. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, please, guys, it helps us tremendously if you subscribe, rate, review. We are super excited that you're here and that you're listening and that we actually have fans and that we actually have this platform. And hopefully we are um, entertaining you or helping or something of that nature. But um, that's all I have. Yeah. Um, I was actually looking at the stats last night, and I'm like, we need we need some more ratings. So. Not to be pushy, but please go to uh, <laughs> at Apple Podcasts and just do a five-star. If you could write something, that's great, but at least do a five-star. We would really appreciate it. It helps. She's a strong woman. <laughs> She's not afraid to tell you what she needs. Because she awesome. <laughs> Tribe out. Tribe out. Tribe out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Telling on Ourselves. Please rate, review, share, subscribe, download our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you want more Telling on Ourselves, please find us and follow us and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Telling on Ourselves. Tribe out.